in a town that's been, who's there to write to anyway? Welcome to Gotham TV Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the upcoming TV series Gotham and the Connected DC Universe. I'm one of your hosts, John. And I'm Derek, your other host. Welcome. So, last week, 24th to the 27th of July, it was all about San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Comic-Con. The big daddy, the big mama <laughs> of all the comic conventions, hopefully getting a, a good run by New York Comic-Con, which we will be attending in October. Mm-hmm. The flights are booked. We'll keep you all posted. <laughs> um, but this was the, the big event. There was a load of build-up to it with the release of various little snippets, certainly from Gotham. And what we're going to talk about coming up is all the news from San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, we're going we're to cover all the things that are connected to the DC Connected Universe, obviously, and we're going to also talk about, uh, obviously, all of the Gotham news that came out and our opinions and our, our feelings on it. Uh, first up, we want to say a big thank you to you guys. We're, uh, we've just reached a thousand downloads, which yeah, is thanks everyone. Yeah, which is pretty awesome uh, for us. We uh, were kind of expecting that this would be a pretty slow burn for us uh, as we got close to the launch of the TV show. But uh, you guys have been have been listening away for uh, the last couple of months. Thank yeah, you no, so thank you very much for for listening and downloading and at least having a little old listen to what we're saying and hopefully we certainly endeavor to keep it interesting so thanks very much for for all of that and while we're on thanks uh just want to say thanks again to the gotham addicts who joined us last week um really good fun to talk to them if you haven't heard the podcast go back and have a have a listen it's up on itunes and on stitcher and uh, everywhere you're listening to this podcast obviously um and while you're up on itunes pop us an old rating um it helps other people to find our podcast obviously and uh, it's always good to see uh, see people listening and see people giving their feedback to uh, to us so i think on with the news from san diego comic-con The big Gotham news, and we'll start off with everything to do about Gotham, was there was the big premiere, the first public screening out on the Saturday at the big Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment event at 8pm. Mm-hmm. As we've said before, it was hosted by Stephen Amell from Arrow, and not only did it include Gotham, but it also included other three big DC shows that are going to be aired this, this fall, this autumn. Arrow Season 3, and then the new series, The Flash and Constantine. Mm-hmm. Firstly, the Gotham premiere, it seemed to get a good review and some positive feedback. Oh, really. yeah. yeah. A really good reception from, from Hall H. Yeah, it seems to have gone down really Hall well. Hall H. <laughs> uh, Hall H. I love how you say Hall H. It's really good. Hall H. So yeah, it seems to get some really good positive feedback. You know, you're you're with a, a I suppose an audience that's baying uh, with bated breath for for their first for the first glimpse of this. They've been teasing it for weeks in, in advance. People have been sitting in the hall for the entire day, and you know the the feeling afterwards was it's totally worth it. It was it was well worth watching. Uh, I know one of our listeners has uh, has already seen the pilot as well and has given us feedback that. Uh, it's exactly what he was expecting. Uh, I've told him not to spoil anything for us. But, no, uh, and we're very jealous. Yeah. You know who you are. You know who you are, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but we got some general general good 
bits bits and bobs from um, from the panel that happened directly after the uh, after the premiere. We weren't at San Diego Comic Con. Some people have made a little bit of a confusion because we were so excited and so interested in all the stories that we they thought we were in San Diego, yeah. we're not. Like just quickly to interject, we were both hugely excited, full of adrenaline. And also absolutely shattered by the time it came to Sunday. Because for us guys in Europe, here in particular in Ireland, the show is only kicking off at like 9 o'clock at night. So we were looking at things like the IGN interviews and so on. And this was at a reasonable time at about 1 o'clock in the morning, I think Mm -hmm. it finished. But then you had other panels that were being shown or live blogs coming up. And it could go up to four or five in the morning so it was great fun but wow um on sunday here it was collapse and recharge definitely (laughs) absolutely absolutely but getting back to the the panel yeah yeah so there's a couple of couple of little bits and pieces that came out of the panel overall it was about an hour-long panel with the full I suppose the cast of all four shows, as, as John mentioned, um, the huge cast to have on stage at the time, and I'm sure it was really exciting for the audience to see them all there. Really exciting for the casts of of some of these brand new shows, some people that haven't acted in anything before, um, any TV shows before. I suppose sitting in front of huge audiences that were applauding and uh, and cheers from the crowd for everything they pretty much said. It was uh, must have been really exciting for all of them to to see all that. But um, in regards to the actual Gotham panel, there's only about two minutes of the full hour that was held over for um for some of the cast and some of the uh, some of the uh, producers to talk about the show yeah and, and gotham have put up a video of that which we'll obviously put in uh, the link to uh, through our show notes mm-hmm. but bruno heller the showrunner the creator of this concept of gotham uh, before batman um essentially confirmed that you know the kickoff point for this show is the death of thomas and martha wayne and that the the whole nut of the idea uh, is that Jim Gordon investigates this death, and that was the beginning, and the concept grew from from that little focus, that tight genesis um, of an idea, and Gotham as a show has has grown and developed from there. So that was quite interesting to hear, and I think one of the other encouraging signs that came through from Robin Lord Taylor, and he was kind of talking about stepping onto the set to inhabit his role, which is Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin, um, is that he finds it to be sort of something amazing that the character is so rich and that the writing of it has been done so well that he fills this vessel that is Oswald Cobblepot. It's, It's such rich writing that's been done for the show. And that's really encouraging to hear as well, I think. Yeah, I think all the feedback we've we've heard about the pilot and um, from going back to when the when the first journalists were covering it right the way up until Comic-Con this weekend uh, is that he's the real standout of the show. He's the one that is really gets people and, and is really, um, really interesting to watch on screen. And he's essentially saying that's to do with the writing and that, that he seems to embody the role himself. He feels himself as being really, really well cast as in the part, which is always a good thing for an actor, I suppose. Yeah. And really interesting. Um, One of the other fun pieces that comes out of yeah. it is, is David Masseuse, um, <laughs> who plays the young Bruce Wayne. Uh, I love his I love his comment where he kind of says, I think Batman becomes Batman at 25, so I want this show to run till I'm 25 and I can become Batman, which is great. This <laughs> <laughs> is very funny. It was. And I think we were talking about this last week with the uh, the ladies from Gotham Addicts. From their perspective, and I think it's something that we've spotted as well, they were saying that 
that connection between Donal Logue and Ben McKenzie seem to be really quite tight. They seem really chummy, they seem to get on well, which can always be good for on-screen performances. And a little bit of um, of maybe why that so was teased out on the panel as well. As we all know, Ben McKenzie um, appeared in Southland as a cop, and it just so happens that in one of the storylines where he was interrogating by the scruff of the neck a prostitute on the streets of, of L.A., that was Donal Logue's sister. So it was almost, they were kind of saying, it's like this link, this connection, that seven degrees of separation or whatever <laughs> it might be. So that's kind of interesting. And I mean, from all the little snippets and interviews that we saw over the course of um, the four days of San Diego, it seemed like they had good fun together and it can only be, as we said last week, a really good, positive sign. Yeah, absolutely. And a, and a good piece of the kind of character development that came out of some of the interviews over the weekend was Donald Logue was essentially saying that Harvey Bullock is feeling, feeling quite changed by having um, Jim Gordon's character around, that Jim Gordon is such a strong and positive influence that it's already rubbing off on Harvey Bullock, even by the end of the first episode, where Harvey Bullock is questioning his own means the own means he uses to get to the end he's already questioning whether that's the right thing to do or whether he could start to use some of the tricks that Jim is teaching him as well so it's not just a being led by Harvey Bullock as to what to do in Gotham Jim is already turning Harvey Bullock around to a better way of thinking about doing things and then there are also two interviews and um, one by TV line and one by IGN with TV line one was a large portion of the cast, along with the executive producers and creator uh, Bruno Heller and Danny Cannon. And the IGN was with, with just members of the cast. Yeah, it was Donna Logue, Ben McKenzie, Jada Pinkett-Smith and Erin Richards, which is the first time we've actually seen her been interviewed with regards to Gotham. We knew she was cast months ago as Barbara Keane, which is Jim Gordon's wife, but we haven't actually seen her being interviewed before for the show. So, On both these interviews, there are a few sort of commonalities and, and that came out from them. And I think one of the interesting uh, aspects was that, will this be a serialised show? Will it be episodic? And it would seem... and it, came from a lot of TV shows actually that we saw their panels and events and presentations was that a lot of them are going for episodic or serialised ones foremost with elements of the other and for Gotham it's essentially that this will be episodic in its nature in relation to crimes that need to be solved by Jim and Harvey Bullock and other members of the MCU but that there will be serialised elements to that Along the lines of, you know, who gains control of Gotham from the criminal element, that battle that's taking place, the development of villains, the saga of the Wayne family murder of Thomas and Martha, all these will be serialised elements across and punctuated by episodic cases that Jim and Harvey will be investigating but also ones that will link into that serialised element. So quite complex, but it was good to find that out because we were thinking, is this going to be a highly procedural sort of CSI Miami type of um, show or how will they structure that? So yeah. it's good to know that. Absolutely. I think that very much the impression that comes across is they're taking a leaf out of the book of, you know, Arrow or... Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. or other shows that are on at the moment where there's an overarching story which plays in every week. You see bits of it, very small pieces of it will fill in kind of the blanks of the overarching story. But 
Um, but generally, it's a, it's there is a central element of it that it, that may be done within a week where there's an investigation going on, or maybe done in two weeks or three part episodes, that kind of stuff, which is good to hear. You know, it's it's like there's always been this worry of um, the, the show because of who it's coming from and because it's set in Gotham without a Batman or without super villains as such that it's going to be just uh, at case of the week. Uh, someone robs a jewelry store who is it that did it, and um, they're pretty much confirming that's not going to be the case. That's pretty much what they said. Or an underwear store like they did in Gotham Central. In Gotham Central, yeah. That was a great issue. Yeah. Your Nick is. Um, just to throw that in again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go back to episode um, five if you haven't heard that one. <laughs> I think another really interesting point that came out from these few interviews that they did with uh, different TV and media outlets was you know, they were asked the question about balancing between creating a whole new story um, and respecting what came before, and I suppose, by extension, respecting the canon. Ben McKenzie made a really interesting point. He says, you know, because this is an origin story, you can create and bring new elements to that show. You have to respect canon, and it looks, from what I can see, that's what they're doing. They've got Fish Mooney in there, who's a totally new character. They're playing around with Poison Ivy in that she's Ivy Pepper. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what other aspects that they, they do there. As well, he then said that characters which, okay, comic book fans may be really highly aware of, um, but not necessarily TV viewers or even people who have enjoyed the films, such as Barbara Keane or Captain Essen or Renny Montoya or Christmas Allen, mm-hmm. Harvey Bullock, that MCU universe. Okay, we might know Harvey Bullock um, being avid comic book fans and certainly from reading Gotham Central but not everyone will necessarily know that and so this is definitely an exploration of that and it brings something new to other people yeah absolutely really interesting discussions that they had about it Jada Pinkett Smith looked like she was having a great time cosplaying as Fish Mooney carrying around a baseball bat all weekend. Um, it's just really good fun. Everywhere you saw her from interviews that she did on the first day she arrived on Friday all the way through to when, when they were leaving on Sunday. You just saw her carrying a baseball bat with her everywhere she went. So that's all there is. <laughs> it was so funny. I thought she actually... I think she thought she was in Dead Rising 2 or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's a good thing to carry when you've got you know 50,000 people walking in and out of the convention centre well, every day. that is true because one of the other really encouraging things from the, the interview was Donald Logue really did make a point of talking about Batman fans, Gotham fans by extension are really important, that they're the best and some of the most ardent fans ever mm-hmm. and that they recognize this and that they're really eager to show the fans what they're doing and what they've done so far mm-hmm. um and i think you know because they're telling stories he said it keeps us in a job and we're telling stories that are important to people like ourselves and to other people who mm-hmm. find this whole universe really exciting really interesting and really complex and again, I find that really awesome that they are saying that about the fans, even though the first episode hasn't aired yet on yeah. TV. It's a bit like us being on the 12th Gotham TV podcast episode, and it hasn't yet aired. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the reason. And for me, that was a really good shout-out 
from them. And that was on the TV line cast interview, um, which was was great to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, a couple of the p- bits and pieces that have come out over the over the course of the the seven days, really, um, a lot about the the other past relationships that are in the show. Um, it's very much this isn't just you know they switched on the lights of Gotham and these characters popped into existence there are some previous relationships that are there between uh between some of the between some of the characters um including fish mini and harvey bullock seem to have quite a, an extensive past but it seems very much that this past is being written at the moment for for them to be uh, to to see they sound like they haven't read much of the script they're just aware that there is a past between the two of them very much that harvey bullock uses fish mini to get what he wants and fish mini generally returns the favor by get it by using harvey to get what she wants um but there is a more complicated past which will be borne out over the course of the of the episodes of the series yeah yeah um, i thought so that was interesting. really interesting to hear i think as well danny cannon touched on sort of the look of the show and pulled out the fact that the city in itself is a character and that a lot of work has gone into um the textures of the city that it's romantic it's dark but also quite a dickensian world he said it's not simply all just done in post-production good sets with that feel ben mckenzie further said that i think it was lisa padovani i hope i've pronounced that correctly i probably haven't but um she did the costumes on boardwalk empire so that kind of 30s feel again Mm. i think from some of the photographs you can kind of get that it's about that vibe. Um, I think Danny Cannon goes on to say that Gotham, as it's as a city, they're trying to put this vibe and a taste and a fashion that you understand and you get it, and that is really important for the city of Gotham to be this this extra character within the show. Shows it's light and dark. It, it's brutal and it's tender moments. I suppose yeah. it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was really really good. Again. Uh, there's there's not a huge amount of extra stuff that came out about Gotham. I think they were very much there to promote the fact they were showing the pilot. They're very much there just to have a bit of fun. You know, there's some great some great videos which we've put up, which we'll put up again in the notes. Um, just with uh with Ben McKenzie riding around in the Gotham taxis, saying hi to fans, which is really good yeah, fun. Yeah, that was good fun. The, yeah. They were zip lining through Gotham. That yeah. was opened by the mayor of San Diego. Uh, yeah, that's really good fun as well. Didn't he fly uh, through a building or something? <laughs> no, he flew past the city of Gotham. That's all it was. But yeah, there's some really good stuff. It would have been but... better if he'd gone crashing out through a glass window, a bit like in The Dark Knight Rises. Absolutely, but they'd have to reset the glass window every time Tommy did the zip line, so um, that probably would have cost a lot of money. Because <laughs> I kind of thought that that's what was going to happen, actually. Really? I thought it was literally between two open windows, <laughs> but obviously it wasn't. No, it wasn't that much. And remember... There are no smashed windows in Gotham until Batman gets there to jump through them. So, um, so we've got twenty-five years to wait for that. Except if there's some really clumsy sort of window glazes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Or Laurel and Hardy happen to be there. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but what did you think overall um, about sort of Gotham's presence then at San Diego Comic Con? Overall, you know, I'd say it was great fun for the fans that were there, um, who saw them doing the zip lining. The fans who met them. Uh, who met them in the in the Gotham cab? Since I haven't had a great time, the fans that saw the saw the show, and the were, signings and all that. Yeah, the, and there was a yeah quite a quite a extensive signing with all seven members of the cast that were then there. It was really it seemed like really good fun. Um, for us watching from abroad, 
not having those experiences, trying to find, <laughs> trying to find you know bits that they talked about or you know that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the press that they did won't be released for a couple of weeks, so there's things that we won't we won't know about. It, there's you know not a huge amount of new stuff if, if you've been following our show and you've been following the news the way we have for the last couple of months. Yes. Um, and I kind of felt you know if you're going to do a big bang like this, bring in some of the other characters that that uh, or the other actresses and actors that people don't know that well. If you're going to bring down eight people, why not bring down two more? You know, bring down absolutely. Bring down Victoria Cartagena. Bring down Andrew Stewart Jones, who played Rena Montoya, and uh, and Crispus Allen. Round out the the major crimes unit as as they are, because you know if your if your show is going to talk about people solving crimes, try and bring in the major characters who are going to be doing it now, so you can you know show them to the public and show them it's not just dependent on these main six or eight characters exactly i think as well all the other dc shows that were at that warner brothers event with dc entertainment constantine the arrow and the flash they all had their own screenings of either trailers or footage from or even the pilot from their up-and-coming sort of season three for arrow but also then their their episode one for The Flash and Constantine. They all had that, and they all then had Q&A sessions. And that lasted for maybe 15 or 20 minutes, like they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter with the Marvel TV pal. Yeah. And I just felt that it was all really good. I loved the fact it was the premiere, that big event of all those four DC shows, and the big panel as well. But there's so much going on there. It would have been nice to have seen Gotham have its own time in the sun, so to yeah. speak, and have about, that 15 about, or 20... Under the moon. Or under the moon. You know, that 15 to 20 minutes where the moderator could ask some really focused questions purely on Gotham, or you would get maybe five or six questions coming from the floor of, of the hall or of the, the room at the convention. Yeah. It seemed to me that... Um, that would have been really good. Yeah, and I think very much what we said before, you know, it was a three-hour event with two pilots and footage in there, so it, it was always going to go fast. Um, but for, for, I don't know, when you're watching it, when you're watching it here, it definitely felt, it felt like Gotham was the one that was undersold, but that's probably because the pilot was so good that they just left it to speak for itself, really. Um, and maybe yeah. F- Fox just simply thought it was too early, and maybe they're saving it all for New York Comic Con, which, it's... as far as I'm concerned, that would be... Brilliant. That would be fantastic, absolutely. Um, Did I say we're going to New York Comic Con? I think we said it a few Whee! times, absolutely. <laughs> um, but one of the things, you know, for me, definitely, I think the question of are we going to get a crossover between all these four shows, I think you just got it. Um, that's that's the crossover that's going to happen between all four of these shows yeah. at the same time. They're all on the stage together. Now they're all going to eke out their own experiences going forward. I doubt that we're going to, that we're going to have a panel next year at San Diego Comic Con that's going to have the same volume of members of cast from all four of these shows at the same time on the same stage doing this kind of presentation so, absolutely so yeah it was good um did enjoy it and definitely enjoyed uh, seeing you know seeing the cast in various locations across the weekend uh, yeah it was an, it was interviews. really good yeah. it was really good and i mean the fact that they didn't have their own panel is a really minor sort of thing for us because it was excellent I say minor, but we have almost talked for 30 minutes um, <laughs> on the two-minute panel. It's uh, it's kind of flashbacks to the uh, first full-length trailer. Absolutely. But um, we, can, we can talk about Gotham, so maybe it's a good thing they didn't have their own panel. <laughs> Absolutely. We would have had way too much to talk about, I'm sure. So one of the other pieces that did come out uh, during the weekend was a, a brand-new trailer for Gotham. Um, 
had some of the some of the same footage that was in uh, the previous yeah. trailers. It's just called the movie trailer. It's where Fox.com have launched their competition for fans of Gotham. Essentially, you can create your own fan poster or you can create a cinematic trailer from the images that are in the movie trailer that's up on their website. So if you go to uh, gotham.fox.com, see all the details of the competition and how to enter. It's unfortunately only available to uh, to US residents, but essentially the prize is to win uh, to win a trip to the screening of Gotham in New York with cast and crew and members of the uh, and members of the press. Yeah, no, that sounds a, a great prize. And speaking of competitions as well, we have our Matthew J. Fletcher poster that we're going to give away to a lucky winner. Uh, and that winner will be drawn from a hat. Uh, and it's for any comments or feedback or reviews on the show, on topics that we discuss in the podcast, on various themes. If we discuss that through, if you get an, if you get us to have an argument, we'll definitely um, put, you in the hat. put you in the hat as well. Um, but that's also still open till the well, September the twenty second. Now we know when the close date for that will be. Absolutely, we'll uh, we'll draw the draw the final winner out of the hat on uh, once we're doing our podcast for uh, for that show. Uh, I got about five or six people in there so far. So get your entries in there. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think then moving on to other DC and Batman news, there was obviously some huge news that came from Hull H on Saturday at the Warner Brother Pictures. It wasn't maybe as much news as we thought was going to happen, but the holy trinity, shall we say, of the DC comic universe, the trinity of Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, appeared on stage in the human form of Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, and Henry Cavill, along with director Zack Schneider for the upcoming Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. And Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, yeah. Yeah, um, from now on, I'm only going to say Batman v. Superman <laughs> film. Um, but on stage was Zack Snyder, who teased some concept art from at the panel, and then they showed some exclusive footage, yeah. which apparently will not be shown outside of... H. Yeah, so those, those people in the uh, in the hall were pretty lucky. Um, apparently, great fun, great fun little bit of footage. It is very much a Batman versus Superman segment of the film. Sounds like sounds like it was really enjoyable. The crowd were going wild for it. Uh, it's about my understanding, about thirty or forty seconds long. It's a very short clip, but uh, very exciting apparently. But bigger bigger news than that. Bigger news than the than the trailer, and bigger news than just having the three actors on stage. We finally got to see what Wonder Woman actually looks like in her full costume, and that's uh, yeah. that was great. That was a fantastic photograph. Really like that. Really good photograph. Not as red or blue or gold mm-hmm. as people would expect. Certainly coming down to that maybe more broody, darker tone that I think DC movies have set on. Yeah. But nonetheless, it looked really good. I don't know what she was standing on, whether it was, um, you know, you could see bits of concrete and bits of reinforced concrete with the metal and reinforcements going yeah. through it. Things were on fire. Is that Earth? Is that um, is it another planet? Another planet? Yeah, is it somewhere else? Exactly. So that was kind of interesting. A little bit of a tease. Yep. She had a silver whip, as she does. Um, lasso of truth, John. No, it was I, the, know I know it was it. the seventies when the last show was out. <laughs> whip it, girl. Yeah. Or silver whip. Exactly. <laughs> but one of the things, really, that maybe didn't come from that panel um, was. The DC movie slate that had been sort of rumoured previously by Nicky Fink, and we've mentioned that on the show, that didn't really get any proper confirmation at all. 
Um, not like on the Marvel panel where they introduced up to 2019 their their slate of films. Now, some of them untitled, but they, they put the slots in there up to 2019. That didn't happen on the Warner Brothers Pictures panel. And then a number of rumors about, is it Jason Momoa, Dwayne Johnson playing various uh, different characters mm-hmm. from those movie slates. Um, Dwayne Johnson being Shazam. Or, or Black Adam, Black isn't it? Adam, yeah. and Jason Momoa is Aquaman was rumored. Yeah, none of those were confirmed, mm-hmm. and none of them were denied of either. Course. No mention of them at all. It was exactly. very much, very much Zach, Zach Snyder gone. This is what I'm making. This is my movie. Here's a quick clip for you. Off we go mm-hmm. to go and film the rest of it. Basically, yeah. Um, I did love the other, the other really cool one that they did day one of Comic Con because Comic Con fans are better than any other at finding out secrets um, on the wall beside the beside the DC desks, DC Comics desk, they had the history of Batman, 75 years of the Kale, loads of various concept art, loads of different pictures of Christian Bale, of um, Adam, West. Adam West, of all the different Batmans, and in amongst all those photographs, apparently loads of them, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't even give you a count, but 50, 60, 100 kind of pictures, in amongst all those was Ben Affleck in the Kale. Um, mm. A full, a full on shot of of his face profile um, kind of image, wasn't it? Yep. Loads of stubble, looking really Batman Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, really like he'd been queuing up for Comic Con for four or five days. Um, but but uh, but what I loved was I think we heard about that about fifteen twenty minutes after the doors opened for Comic Con. So I'm sure somebody in DC thought they were being really smart hiding this on the wall of pictures and. Uh, Probably somebody found it within the first 15 minutes of the show being open. So I uh, thought that was really good fun. Other than that, there was a, a apparent um, full cowl reveal. So uh, so people had thought that there was a, a cowl that was in a, a, a case, um, which looks very like the images of, uh, of Ben Affleck's Batman that we've seen. Um, it was in the case for the whole weekend. People were walking up taking photographs with it. I know we saw Scott Snyder taking a photograph uh, of himself with the cowl. Everybody thought this was ju- this was the reveal of Zack Snyder's Kel. It's not. It was actually uh, an art installation where a bunch of creators showed their vision mm-hmm. of what they could do with a Kel. Essentially, everybody was slagging it off, saying that you can't move the neck on it. Has he gone backwards from the Christian Bale era? Nothing to do with that. There was about twenty cow, twenty individual Kels that were around. Yeah. All created by different creators. So sometimes things that are seen at San Diego Comic Con can run for ages and turn into big rumors and people get really excited and they turn out to be nothing. There was also another favorite Batman of ours as well, which was Lego Batman 3. Um, he showed up, Mr. Fun Guy, um, <laughs> with the Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham trailer that yep. was released for San Diego Comic Con. And all we can really say on there is it looked good fun. We've said before, we really like these games. They're great fun for the family. Absolutely. They're great fun for just mates going around doing puzzle solving, playing the game. They do some really funny cutscenes. They've got a whole level, which is Batman 66, that with that music, with the, the Lego characters in those costumes. You know, you've got the sense of humor. I will tell you, though, after this is now the third game, there's going to be about 150 characters in it. It's definitely getting to my kind of limit of DC knowledge. There's a lot of characters in there that I probably have seen once or twice in comic books. Um, so I'm I'm getting to my level of going, I don't know who that guy is, but he looks like fun. But there are some cool ones, like Plastic Man, who I never thought I'd see in any kind of game well, yeah. anymore. And Superboy's in there and stuff. It's, like, it's really unusual stuff, but really going to be really good fun. Looking forward to that. I think speaking of fun and speaking of uh, Batman 66 as well, 
There was the. You were the segues tonight. I know. I'm segueing. I've been watching San Diego Comic Con for four days. Mm-hmm. My. My eyes are dry, but they are constantly open. I have huge bags, and I now know how to do a decent segue. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. There have been people segueing all over the place. I'm glad um, you learned something from the show. <laughs> yeah, speaking of um, Batman 66 and of form, there was the Batman 66 panel. Yeah, it was cool. Which was, I think, just good form. I mean, yeah. I think Adam West is a comic genius in many respects but he was also joined there by julie newmar who was catwoman and burt ward and they were really just there to discuss the release of the whole batman 66 series that's going to occur on dvd and blu-ray um this november so just in time for christmas everyone mm-hmm. not that I, oh i damn it i've gone and said christmas in july <laughs> i need to shoot myself yeah yeah that was that pretty point. bad that was pretty um, bad but i have to say at 86 years old adam west still has some great comic timing you know some great comic timing and i think he recognizes his place in that batman universe over the last 75 years he's you know he understands his place and the iconicness of what he did there <laughs> for um, that period, but also for generations afterwards, coming at it, and um, for as well from myself speaking personally, as a child watching the TV, and he realizes there is a place for that fun Batman, which is also what Lego try and do, and it's something different, and it gives a different angle on the character that the likes of Zack Snyder are doing um, and what Christopher Nolan did with their Batman films and maybe how it's portrayed in the majority of comics as well. I know there's the Batman 66 comic as well, but it was great fun. He talked about his love of playing against um, the Riddler Mm -hmm. on the show um, and also that Julie Newmar as well was, it was just excellent. And you know, she really placed her stamp on the character of Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, so much so much so that Cameron Bicadova has called her favourite uh, Catwoman of all time. So the new Selina Kyle is looking all the way back to Batman 66 yeah. for her inspiration for, for cat, her Catwoman, which is cool to think, you know, an actress who's, you know, 14, 15 years old is looking back at the, uh, the original 66 uh, Batman. And we can all be looking at, at it again in, uh, in November, so that's really good. And I think really just two final, really brief uh, items of note is, say, there were two spotlight panels, um, both surrounding important people from DC, both past and present. One being Scott Snyder, who also went on and won an Eisner Award for... Mm-hmm. Uh, not for his work now on Batman the New 52 that's currently being published, but with his work on The Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations to Scott Snyder, obviously, on that. But he also had his own spotlight panel, just looking at how he writes comics, how he pitches to publishers, or certainly how he used to, some of his up-and-coming um, projects, both for DC but also of his own and he, they look back at American Vampire and then one of his up- upcoming titles uh, Witches I definitely have to say if any of you if any of you are comic fans and you haven't read uh, Zack Snyder's if you 
you haven't read Scott Snyder's stuff, I always confuse Zach and Scott. <laughs> always. It's so easy. If you haven't read any of Scott Snyder's stuff from, from, uh, from Batman, they're fantastic. They're really, really good. Uh, I've read American Vampire as well. Really, really enjoyable read. And uh, and The Wake is getting great reviews. Just haven't gotten around to, to starting it yet. I think it's only about 80, 80 to 10 issues in now so far, but it's getting some great some great praise yeah. and um, the Spotlight and the, uh, and the Eisner Award are, are, are truly deserved for him. Just finally, one of the other spotlights was on Bill Finger, a fairly large panel that included Michael Uslan, um, but also relatives of Bill Finger. Again, this whole idea of the legacy that he left behind with regards to his co-creatorship of Batman as a character, but also importantly, a number of the villains of the city of Gotham as well. And for the Batman Day that occurred last week, uh, where there was free comics, a free reissue print of Detective Comics issue number 27, he got his name on the front cover of that yeah. as one of the co-creators, yeah. which is really excellent news and well-deserved. And so I think that's another uh, honourable mention that we need to make uh, on the show. Absolutely. But I suppose to move a bit away from Batman, there's, there's so much that went on at the the event over the weekend. We absolutely have to talk about the, the other side of the TV shows that were up there. You know, we mentioned Gotham had their, had their panel combined with uh, with the other three big TV shows. There is another DC TV show that's going to be on coming up. It's the iZombie uh, TV show, which we've mentioned. This is a, a vertical comic connected to the DC universe, but slightly off to the kind of side and darker kind of side of it um what we found out about the show is that it's going to be coming up in early 2015 it's gonna be a mid-season show so it's gonna be on, on cw on the cw network the same network that's broadcasting flash and arrow so it's very similar to how marvel are treating agent carter mm-hmm. um maybe a shorter mid-season sandwich between different shows different properties of cw mm-hmm. it's being executive produced by rob thomas who wrote uh, Veronica Mars and was was quite heavily involved in that show? Another another really good uh, really good TV show. It's a really interesting premise for the show, though. It's uh, it's it's another another zombie show, but it seems like a much more comic zombie show. Seems like yeah, a much lighter more... version, maybe. Uh, not that I want to put the the kibosh on it, but it's a lighter look, a lighter version of zombies. It's not Walking Dead it, in that sense, mm. but it's a you know a, a promising medical student dies she wakes up again as a zombie and to satisfy her lust for brains which she eats with hot sauce which is you know that is good news i like hot oh, sauce and um, she Not takes a, a job <laughs> in a morgue and she eats the brains from the the victims or the dead people that get uh, moved to the morgue once they've passed away or have been killed or murdered the, the twist on this is that she begins to get visions and memories of these people and about how they died. So there's an element of a sort of a detective police procedural in it there sounds, as well. It sounds mental. Um, I'm really intrigued to check it out, though, in the in the fallow period between between TV shows. I think I'll, uh, I'll give that one uh, a look, definitely. And then really on to the other big three, then, which are The Arrow Season 3, Constantine and The Flash. I think if we take Constantine first, that's on NBC uh, in America, mm-hmm. whereas Flash Arrow are with CW Network. Yeah, pretty pretty heavily connected shows as well. Um, yeah, Constantine actually they they showed their pilot um, on the Wednesday night for for early visitors to San Diego. You could go in, get a ticket, and go and watch the pilot. Uh, we know there's been some changes to that pilot. Um, haven't seen it. Obviously, it's not been broadcast over here. 
Um, but we know that one of the main characters, um, unfortunately, is not going to appear in the TV show itself. The actress Lucy Griffith, who plays Liv in the pilot, is uh, is no longer going to appear in the show after the fr- after that first pilot episode. Apparently, they're just making some very small tweaks to it to kind of make the story make sense as a as a one off pilot. So the main female character in Constantine, instead of it being Liv, will be um, a character called Zed, and that will be played by Angelica Salea. From episode two onwards. Yeah. 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 So, should, so it's another character from the comic books. It's uh, another main character from, from Constantine uh, who's going to be, be brought into this, this show and, and continue, continue it on. Um, one of the pieces that we found out from the, from the interviews over the weekend, Constantine's a very heavy smoking character um, in, the, in the comic books. Easy to get away with in the comic books, but weirdly on TV, particularly in the States, uh, one of the things you can't get away with, even though you can get away with a lot of sex and a lot of violence, you can't get away with smoking. Um, so... The character will have smoking in the show, but it will be implied. It'll be uh, very Wisps much... Wisps of smoke. Yeah, which, which will extend from a, a, an ashtray that will be sitting quite near him. Um, totally understandable. You don't want to be encouraging people to smoke, but uh, I don't think Constantine is the character that should be encouraging people to do anything, really. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, there's going to be a real supernatural vibe. And one of the really interesting things was that, you know, the creators were quite clear um, that, they are really going to tap the excellent comic origins of, of this character. And um, for them, they're saying, you know, some of the best writers in comics, uh, John Delano, who took the Hellblazer, but also the kind of co-creator, uh, Alan Moore, who brought Constantine into Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. All those kind of um, origins, storylines, the canon of John Constantine are going to be looked at. They're going to be used if it makes sense. Um, I think they called it, we're going to be old school about this. Um, And certainly what they said was that for season one in particular, the American Gothic story arc from the Swamp Thing comic will will be a large part of that. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I'd love to see how how they do it. Yeah. You know, I I presume Swamp Thing is not going to be appearing in the show. One of the things that they will be looking to do will be to bring more and more of the DC mystical universe, which they kind of hinted that they've, got the rights to from dc you know dc has said go play um and hence the helmet of dr fate that was was seen um i think it was trailer two from for constantine you know that is a real hint that they will be bringing other mystical characters from the dc universe into constantine it may not be dr fate in season one and they didn't make Absolutely. Mention it any further, but they've got the DC mystical universe to play with by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, which is fascinating. I think uh, I think Guillermo del Toro has been trying to get that off the ground for years, trying to do a, 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 the mystical side of the DC universe as, as a film, essentially. Yeah. Um, so we saw an interview with him where he was very much saying uh, he's going to be tuning in to find out, uh, find out what they're able to do with it. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. The more I hear about the show, the more interested I am in seeing it, definitely. Gonna be good fun. I mean, I suppose back onto the other two biggins. So, uh, um, Arrow was, uh, just going into season three was really back there to to kind of fulfil the promise that they made when they launched season one. Stephen Amell was talking to fans when they were making season one, essentially saying we're going to do everything we can to make sure this show doesn't suck. That's quite difficult to say. Lots of s's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and essentially, the minute he said that, at first. Uh, person right in the front of the audience shouts out mission accomplished they've they've done exactly what they set out to do so much praise for arrow now going at the end of season two um, so many people are really big fans of that show uh, and very much the presence was shown there this is why it's getting the spin-off of flash you know yeah and um, they've got 
they've got a huge amount they've accomplished in season two, turning the audience around. I think uh, one of the WB presidents last week said that essentially no no male used to watch Warner Brothers before <laughs> uh, before Arrow was released. I you know I decline and say. The Supernatural was huge. Yeah, but, I did. I watched um, yeah. Supernatural. But apparently for years they've been aiming for a female audience and, and now Arrow's brought that male audience, male young audience back to uh, back to the channel. They've, got, they've done so much, so many changes have happened over the course of season two to all the characters. So much is going on with uh, with that, with them and there seems to be so much more leading into, uh, into season three. The main theme that seemed to be coming for season three is this idea at what price is victory given the the ramifications at the end of season two um and there's gonna be flashbacks to him being hong kong which was teased in season two that you know he didn't spend all his time on the island whilst he was away from starling city mm-hmm. there was the reveal that was slightly before but again it was shown um, of the costume of the arsenal yeah Col- uh, which, colton haynes's character colton haynes's character roy there was also, again, the confirmation and the reiteration that Brandon Ruth um, is going to be the Atom and Ray Palmer. Mm-hmm. And that was in the um, season three footage teaser that they, they played on the Friday, I think, of, of Comic-Con, where... Um, you know, that had a few sort of big surprises in there. One right at the end of um, of, of the screening, which showed a really one of the more popular um, characters from the show uh, lying on a slab with, with blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're not going to say anything because that <laughs> is a real big spoiler, I think, that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'm they... sure most people have seen it, yeah. uh, but nonetheless... They maintained, it's not a, they maintained it's not a big spoiler. It's just a scary moment for, for yeah, people it, watching. Yeah, a scary so. moment. Um, um, another, you know, people return in season three. So it looks like it's really kind of hotting up to be a good third season. And then the first season of Flash then, which had its premiere again at this event on Saturday with Gotham is going to be a lighter tone compared to the Arrow presumably less abdominals than uh, the Arrow as well although if you've seen the trailer for the show he, he basically has the uh, has that moment where he gets the abs from a lightning bolt um, so, so they even joke about it so, yeah exactly yeah. but they're joined by further abs in Wentworth Miller who <laughs> will be <laughs> We'll be joining um, the Flash as Captain Cold, and obviously we all know Wentworth Miller from Prison Break mm-hmm. fame. Um, he just had maybe a few Prison Breaks with too many um, <laughs> yeah. for for most people. Very but that was first season really good. But a so great, be, a great actor, yeah, though. Good really actor. Like really interesting to see what he does now with Captain Cold. The other point to make about the about the Flash pilot was that again, just like just like Constantine, they did give the opportunity for a bunch of early arrivals for uh, San Diego Comic Con to go and see. The Flash pilot, again, great feedback from this. The lighter tone seems to be going across really well with people. There's a huge amount of Easter eggs in the first episode, apparently, so um, people were really excited about it. Yeah, they're really liking Grant Gustin as well as The Flash. Yeah, he seems like a really fun presence for the show and seems like it's going to be really good fun. Um, So really, the Gotham premiere was the only one that was held over till Saturday. The the other premieres were shown and the other panels were were on during the week, so the only piece that was really held over for people was was the Gotham panel. Then there's going to be a lot of 
um, a continuation of these crossovers that are, are happening. We've got episode four where Felicity is going to visit the Flash in Central City. Mm-hmm. Felicity from Arrow. And then the big one, which is a, a two-hour crossover of both episode eights of each show, The Flash and Arrow, will occur as a special event. Yeah, I think the only hint, the only slight hint that was given was from Andrew Kreisberg, who said that uh, the story starts out in uh, in Arrow and stretches over to uh, to Central City and stretches back to Starling City afterwards. So it goes it goes between the shows over the course of a two-hour event, essentially. Um, this is the kind of stuff that used to happen with Buffy and Angel when I was a yeah, kid, you know, and, yeah. and there were always the exciting weeks to tune in. You had to turn on. On Thursday night, I always had to watch Buffy followed by Angel. Great fun. Always always loved them when I was younger, and I'm sure that there's going to be a ton of fans who are going to be looking forward to, uh, to episode eight of, of the two seasons of the show. Great way to keep, uh, keep everybody watching for those two hours as well. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'd be great fun. On that note, uh, that's the end of the San Diego Comic Con sort of roundup mm. and wrap up that we wanted to bring to you. Um, I'm sure there's maybe little bits and bobs that we've missed, but it's such a huge event yeah. uh, with so much going on. You feel like a, a kitten on the floor chasing the red laser dot. It's like, oh, go over here, oh, I'll go over there. So we hope we've given it enough justice. It looks excellent. Yeah, it looked like really good fun. I'm sure there's bits we missed, as John said. If there's, if there's anything we missed that you if you thought we should have been covering, obviously send us an email at gothamtvpodcast at gmail.com. Contact us on Twitter and uh, or go onto our Facebook page, um, at Gotham TV Podcast on Facebook. There's, there was absolutely tons of San Diego Comic-Con that is absolutely packed for five days, I think, in total, from going from Wednesday all the way through to Sunday. There's five full days of, of stuff. We left out all the all the comic book news. There's so much of that there. So, uh, I hope you've enjoyed hearing our kind of uh, our highlights. I suppose of, of the our show. Highlights. That we saw. I'll take on some of the the different aspects of the Gotham and DC world. But again, thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to come back again when we will be coming back to Gotham Central and a number of the arcs up to probably a around issue 27 28 uh with that um i'd really like to say thanks for listening and can't wait to speak to you and discuss things next time yeah absolutely thanks very much and uh please keep in contact with us we'll uh, we'll talk to you very soon bye however dark and scary the world might be right now there will be light there will be light Bruce. This isn't just, you know, they switched on the lights of Gotham and these characters popped into existence. There's there are some some previous relation There are some previous relationships that are there between uh, Um there seems to be a bit of a, a, a bit of a serious past between Rena Montoya, uh, played by Victoria Cartagena, and um mm-hmm. and Aaron Roberts. Barbara Kane and Barbara Keane, played by Aaron Richards. Um, so much energy. Um, <laughs> the Lego characters in those costumes. You know, you've got the crispy ducks, the crispy chicken, sort of the roast chicken sense of humour. They get all cooked on the rockets of the of the spaceship as they leave the Earth's atmosphere. And then I will tell you though, just tongue in cheek, really good fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
crispy ducks, the crispy chicken, sort of the roast chicken. <laughs> 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 